Welcome to the Startup Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick O'Neill, and this is episode number one. This week, I'm speaking with Casey Armstrong of Web ROI. We'll be discussing how Twitter advertising was used to complete a highly successful product launch, how a website increased their newsletter subscribers by an order of magnitude through targeting mobile visitors. There's also some SEO tactics thrown in there for good measure. Anyways, let's get started. How's it going, Casey? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. So I wanted to kick things off before we jump into some of the awesome examples you have for marketing purposes. I wanted to find out about you and how you got into digital marketing. Great. So I actually, most people are pretty surprised to hear that I started off in the real estate world. I was doing like large scale land acquisition and whatnot, which I like to think I apply some of that to online marketing now. Saw where the market was heading quite a while ago and uh, jumped ship to go travel the world for a while. Um, I spent about 14 months or so um, living out of a backpack. I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand <laughs> uh, with, from the re- request of, or I guess insight from my partner at WebROI, Taylor Miles, um, and yeah, traveled the world vagabonding for a while. Um, it's something I definitely recommend to everybody I meet, but I must say that really helped get me into the online marketing world. Just I knew that I wanted to get into something that allowed me to be more location independent and also where I had coworkers and customers and clients and was able to talk to people from all over the world all the time. And that led me to technology and online marketing and growth and whatnot. Okay, so you were in land acquisition uh, you yep. dropped everything and went to travel the world and you realized, okay, I want to keep doing this travel stuff uh, because it's fun. And so you got into digital marketing, I guess. What was it that sort of drove you to that? Were you reading different sites? Yeah, so um, the, the biggest, I, I mean, I knew I wanted to get into that specific niche, and then, as I mentioned, uh, my partner at WebROI, Taylor, he he'd been doing online marketing uh, mostly from like an SEM perspective, going back to you know early days of AdWords, like 2004, and uh, I started working with him on a couple projects, and and then through that, you know, I just got really excited uh, and saw the potentials there, and. Online marketing, what I like about that is it's, it's always changing. I mean, you, you can't really take your finger off the pulse. You're, you're learning something new every single day and things are changing and, and that got me excited. And from there, we were able to start working with a handful of startups. We're down in Orange County and then um, there's, well, there's not a ton of startups, but we were able to work with some cool startups here and then get introduced to a handful in San Francisco and just really start learning from some of the, the top marketers out there and work with some, some great startups. That's awesome. Okay, so your business partner was kind of the one who introduced you into this space uh, or was able to sort of kickstart things. Yeah, definitely. I give him a lot of credit. <laughs> Got it. So now, how long have you guys been running uh, Web ROI? Since about 2009. 2009. All right. So you have some experience now. You've been doing this for, I don't even know what year it is, five years. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, 
you went from SEO, you did a lot of SEO, and now you're doing, uh, you mentioned during our pre-call, uh, full stack marketing. Is that correct? Yeah, we like to refer to full stack marketing. So, I mean, a lot of times startups or other companies, we, we work predominantly with startups uh, where we're actually launching some of our own and I have some side projects, which we'll touch upon later. Um, but people will be like, oh, we want you for paid marketing or SEO or, I mean, I get a mini headache every time somebody says this, but like, we want you just to do social media and you want to pull your hair out. <laughs> but everything everything ties together, all of those, plus email marketing and conversion rate optimization, uh, UI, UX, everything. So it, it's kind of like, you know, the full stack developer. We view it as like a full stack marketing where you're, you're really kind of putting all the pieces together. Got it. So a bit, well, so people come at, uh, come to you with a sort of preconception that, hey, we need this one thing. Uh, and then you explain to them that that's not what they need. <laughs> Somewhat. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's really marketing, distribution, and growth. Um, and then it's just figuring out, you know, where their customers are and what type of growth or distribution they need. Okay, cool. All right. Well, since this uh, show is entirely about you know practical marketing, uh, you know what I've been trying to do is focus exclusively on sort of case studies that the audience can uh, learn you know practical lessons from. Uh, before we were chatting about a couple of or actually a few uh, circumstances or clients and different projects that you've worked on that you've been able to really impact the bottom line, uh, you want to start discussing a couple of those? Yeah. So one of them that we brought up was Mavenlink. They're uh, a project management tool, which there are many, many of. Uh, so really distancing yourself from the pack is difficult for people, whether you're a startup or a self-funded startup. Um, I mean, Nick, you and I met at MicroConf, uh, or you're, you're just starting you know, a blog you want to mess around with. Um, and, and oftentimes you don't really have a lot of money to spend and which it, it causes, you know, a lot of headaches and roller coasters when you don't have money to spend because you can't easily just throw a bunch of money at AdWords or something like that. So you really have to start getting creative. Um, and so something that we did with Mavenlink, they were one of the top apps in the Google Apps Marketplace. And we were going to Google I.O. A, couple, a few years back, and we just we really wanted to make a splash there. We knew that not only a lot of businesses that were using Google Apps would be there, but a lot of potential partners were going to be there. Uh, there was like large companies like Box and Dropbox and Mailchimp, and uh, and also a lot of the Google Apps Marketplace team. So we really just wanted to stand out there, and. Before we got into that, you know, I, I thought that there might be some good opportunities to do some hyper-geo-focused uh, advertising based on people in the area. But since it's San Francisco, you know, you can't really target San Francisco in general. I mean, everybody there eats, sleeps, and breathes technology. Uh, and so we signed up for, it was Twitter beta ads. And this was when you had to sign a contract with them claiming that you'd spend a certain amount of money a month, not that they would make you do that. Uh, it, it wasn't as easy as just putting in your credit card. 
So we signed up for that, and we were actually like the only only people at the event that had this going. And back then, they the Twitter ads they like highlighted it in gold. It was like screaming at everybody on the screen to like look at your ad, which was awesome for us in this case, even if it was uh, quite annoying for the user. And it just sat there at the top. And so we show up to Google I/O, and they have this almost like obnoxiously large screen. Uh, showing the hashtag Google I.O. And so what do we do? We buy the we buy the hashtag and we just started, you know, promoting Mavenlink in the least spammy way as possible um, to really drive attention to us from all these to all these people and also start driving, you know, signups. Uh, and also since nobody else had this, we had no competition. This is you I think Twitter still runs their advertising this way. Uh, but you pretty much pay a penny more than the lowest bid, and of course they have some minimum. So we were able to drive traffic, an extremely highly uh, targeted traffic, for very cheap. Um, and so we actually set our records probably for the year trailing and the year upcoming uh, for both traffic and signups. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but so I want I want to. You know, go into this a little more, but before we do that, what does Mavenlink do? What is it? They're, it's a project management app. Um, I worked with them for nearly three years. It's pretty much like Basecamp meets FreshBooks. Got it. So they're a software as a service product. Yes, they're they're a yes SaaS mark SaaS project management. And the primary market, I guess, in this case, is developers. It'd be SMBs, small small businesses, which there were at this, like you know, lar or you know, very Google Apps focused, and and so and so we had like a full on. I, I probably should have stepped back a bit. We had like a full on Google Apps integration, and we were already ranked very high in their marketplace. And so one of the things we wanted to do was drive new installs with and new new customers, but also you know get in front of like the Google Apps Marketplace team and provide more brand awareness there just to help help promote us in the marketplace, which still to this day, I believe is probably their their uh, top, traffic, top traffic source. That's awesome. Okay, so you got this hashtag uh, ad, you were early to the platform, which is always killer for anybody. You know, being first on the platform is almost always, especially when it's a large platform, pretty much guaranteed to drive you traffic at minimum cost. So in this case, you got an incredible deal. Timing was ripe. What, what do you think would be some of the other takeaways aside from the fact that, man, you, you definitely were in the right place at the right time. There's no doubt. Uh, but how did you really capitalize on that? Were there systems... Getting cheap ads is great, but actually converting those ads is a whole other story. So what sort of system did you have in place in order to ensure that these ads were actually performing well? Um, I mean, we, we pretty much push people through the funnel that we've used um, with other, whether it's paid or social or um, SEO. Uh, you know, we have our landing page and then push people, try to push people through the funnel like we would um, any other user. I don't know if it was necessarily how we onboarded them. I mean, it's, but, but more on, I think the biggest lesson learned from us on this was the potential for 
such highly niche traffic uh, for events. Um, we're able to focus on, and, and I've done this for several other clients, um, but when you go to certain events, like let's say you're a Drupal developer and you have some products that you're trying to push, you can really focus on different Drupal events or if you're, especially like in the tech industry because people are always tweeting about it and whatnot, you can really start plucking off certain hashtags and you can do geolocation for broad terms around uh, around your customer base for a specific location. This was in San Francisco, San Francisco. So again, there's you know, everybody's using Twitter there. But if you're if you're in a niche or a, an industry having an event in let's say Nashville, Tennessee, or something, you know, you can go pretty broad there, and 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 target some broad keywords where you know that the the traffic you're driving there is often you know uh, going to be going to be the people that you're looking for. Got it. So you're saying you already had the landing pages and the whole system already in place. The big takeaway here is buy ads around events or relevant events or relevant locations uh, when those events are taking place in order to really take advantage of uh, an opportunity that most people aren't doing currently. Exactly. I will say from personal experience, I've used uh, Twitter ads just for advertising conferences and it's worked spectacularly well. It's actually been some of the best performing uh, advertising that I've seen. But part of me thinks that maybe we should just keep that a secret. (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, let's just end this and delete it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think uh, or an alternative here is we'll uh, assume that people got the point Twitter advertising is a great tool, uh, and we'll move on to some of the other uh, practical techniques. Well, and, and also, real, real quick, uh, so like at lunch with a buddy of mine um, today, because we were talking about this idea, uh, there's there's a couple conferences this upcoming summer that you know we were discussing for for a potential new client um, to target for something similar like this, and and all types of marketing will channels will become saturated like Twitter ads is already and Facebook ads and uh, SEO or Pinterest or whatever it is, however it is you're driving traffic. But you know, you just have to like the, the, the true growth opportunities are where you get creative. And so we were talking about, you know, kind of mixing some guerrilla marketing tactics like, uh, for instance, you do something weird, more hands-on, like we'll hold your place in line, or you you have like a guy that rides a bike with a cart on the back and will like drive people around if it's like a huge conference, or like let's say Coachella that was just um, a few weeks ago, you know, just something that's more hands-on promoting your brand, and you kind of like leverage that with the Twitter ads or however else you're driving traffic, and it's just kind of like combining multiple ideas together to to really take advantage of uh, the opportunities. Yeah, so uh, cross-channel marketing, I think they call that. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, okay. So that sounds like a great idea, uh, and that's just a better approach to getting your brand out there, getting more brand awareness. Uh, Twitter ads, I can see converting inc- uh, incredibly well because you actually have a landing page you can drive them to uh, where they can enter their email and find out more information. Yeah, and uh, as a side note, I'd make sure that your 
if it's not already, you should make sure your site's mobile optimized. <laughs> but if you're gonna do any Twitter advertising, so much of the traffic is mobile. So that's definitely something to keep into consideration. That's a great point. All right, so I think we summed that one up, uh, which was <laughs> use Twitter. Um, let's let's move on to another. You had mentioned uh, uh, Paleo Hacks was a site that you helped grow by a substantial amount. I don't remember the uh, stats on it. Maybe you can uh, share that with us. Yeah, so we get we get over a million uniques a month. Uh, we have I don't know. I want to say two and a half to three million page views. Uh, nearly two hundred thousand customers or users, however you want to dis describe them. How, uh, how are so you getting those? They are, it's, it's almost all through SEO. Got it. Um, so, I mean, that's probably another conversation I could go on about SEO for quite a while. Uh, but I guess the idea that we chatted about earlier um, that, that I found, find pretty interesting and I, what I like about this is I think a lot of people could implement this really quickly and I think a lot of people will overanalyze it and think if it's going to work for them but just try it and if it doesn't work then turn it off and if it works then you're stoked. Um, but it's, it's taking advantage of your existing traffic and for in this case, it was our mobile traffic and figuring out how you're going to convert them. Um, so, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we were getting like, we're getting a million uniques a month. So those are new people to our site often. Uh, and we wanted to get them into our email flow because that's how we can provide more value for them and, you know, potentially turn them into paying customers. So to make, to really move the needle, when you're getting a million plus uniques a month, which for some sites that's crazy, and for some sites like Facebook they'll look down on that, but a million is a lot. <laughs> and add 10%, that's a, a hundred thousand uniques a month. That's not the easiest thing to do. So we were getting, we looked into it, and we were getting about 35% of our traffic on mobile. And we were like, hmm, we're getting, we're basically getting no new emails, no signups through mobile. And we're getting nearly 400,000 visit, new visitors a month this way. We need to do something about this. So we a quick um, thing to install and that we did was we used Qualaroo's mobile pop-up, which I believe you're, you might be having Sean Ellis on an upcoming podcast, which I recommend everybody to check out. He's somebody who I've been lucky to learn from and is uh, basically the startup marketing genius. But anyways, we use Sean's Qualaroo for mobile pop-up, and we're able to capture emails that way. And we, we started, and just doing it through that, um, we were able to get 5,000 new customers every month, and we've been running that for about several months now. 5,000 new customers a month? Yeah, 5,000 signups every single month, new signups every month. Um, and so right now, you actually use the, that newsletter to drive them to a purchase eventually? Yeah, so we, because we, so what we do and what I recommend is, I mean, you have to give something to, to your base, and also you don't want to just like bleed them out and ask them for a bunch of money. But we we provide uh, for the PaleoHack site, you know, we provide some free eBooks and whatnot, and then we get them into our email funnel, um, and, and then there, you know, we start providing 
more value and information for them regarding like how we can benefit them, different products that we have and whatnot. Um, and then through that, you know, some of the products are paid. Um, and that's how we drive. That's one of the many ways to how we drive revenue there. Got it. So why did you choose Qualaroo's uh, mobile pop-up versus another service? I know there's got to be countless uh, pop-up services. I think of like Bounce Exchange, which is not... That's actually, that wouldn't work on mobile. Uh, but I'm thinking there has to be a bunch of other pop-up services, no? So true, a couple, a couple things. Uh, when you do think about pop-up services from Bounce Exchange to many of the others, you'll, you'll basically keep hearing yourself saying the same thing which you just said. Oh, Bounce, Bounce Exchange, that's great, but they don't work on mobile. And none of these somehow work on mobile. And and it just shocked me. I mean, obviously, so much, so many sites. Their traffic is just everybody's moving mobile, but there was nothing that really could um, that we could implement extremely quickly on mobile. And this was using the same Qualaroo code that I use for the web, and I just had to make some minor tweaks. It it honestly took me five minutes to get up and running, and it was done. All right. So in five minutes, you got fifty thousand more leads per month. Five, uh, five thousand. All right. Well, I thought I'd hype it up a little more, but yeah, okay. I'll take fifty thousand. <laughs> uh, well, even five thousand is a spectacular number for uh, anybody running a website. Right, and and this was a uh, and the thing here too is we just you know we, we wanted to capitalize on our our existing traffic too. I mean, we a, a lot of times people are focused on top of the funnel, myself included, which is extremely important, but. You know, you also need to think about it. You know, it's why conversion rate optimization has has been such a buzzword lately. Uh, it, that you need to really look at the traffic you're already getting, and you're you're likely getting you know quality traffic. Um, but you know, are you what what does your funnel look like, and are you just missing out on some some great opportunities from whether it be mobile or web or or some other source? Got it. Yeah, so that definitely makes a lot of sense. It, it, you know, there's there's a million different marketing strategies that you can implement uh, at any given moment, uh, including the Twitter ads in this case. But something that's fairly practical here, it's taking out five minutes to boost your conversion uh, for mobile users, effectively, uh, which is a huge. I mean, it's it's basically a no-brainer based on what you just explained. Exactly, and 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 that's another thing too. There's always a ton of things you can test and try. Uh, so being able to try things that don't necessarily take a ton of time or team bandwidth or uh, every marketer's whatever marketer cringes to, like having to go to the dev team to make changes, is it's definitely something to test out. Like for instance, real quick back to like the the Mavenlink story. I mean, when you launch your site, you should have even if it's your home page, you know, a good a good place to send people to. Um, so you could, you know, launch Twitter ads, which again, take a couple minutes and try pushing people through and testing that. Um, and and just like with Qualaroo, it's just, the, our friend, our, in our case, the code is already on the site, but it took, you know, only a couple minutes to get launched. Awesome. All right, well, cool. So we have two, you know, actionable items here. We got the Twitter event and localized advertising. We have the Qualaroo pop-up. 
Do you want to bring up the third one that you had mentioned before about sign now? Sure. Um, so just taking a quick water break. Um, <laughs> so in this situation, um, we were we were testing out a product in in the notary space. Uh, sign now did actually some really cool um, legis legislative stuff in the notary space. Um, but they had a product that they wanted to test out there and to drive traffic in a, you know, quite... Th these people aren't the most technologically savvy people and notary is about as boring as it gets. It's about as unsexy of a product as you can market. So Sign Now, so, Sign now is an online notary? No, so Sign Now is a e-signature platform and their mobile app in particular is awesome they were actually recently acquired by barracuda networks a few months ago which is awesome for them um but so they have, they have some great products but they were they were launching a, a notary product called notary now and it was an online notarization product and um the product aside it was more like okay we needed we needed to find a way to drive a lot of traffic to this new product. It was kind of like something that never has, people had, it, it, was a, it was a brand new product. It was, it was not out there. And being like the first mover, the first of the market is not always a good thing because you need to not only market your product and your brand, but you, you also need to drive awareness and education, which throwing that into the mix just makes it all that much harder. Uh, so we're trying to think of ways that we could attract both notaries and people looking for notarizations um, as quickly as possible. And there, you can always go like the blog and content play, but you know, as as somebody who launched all Facebook, you know that that can take quite a while and <laughs> is not very is not very easy. Um, and so we, we were trying to think of some ways we could get both sides of the market quickly um, and so we, we built a directory site um, based on all the public information that had not already been published on the web which was like notarizations around the world it was almost like a Yelp for notaries um, and and through semantic markup and a lot of SEO best practices and um, some quality development which WebROI also provides I had to throw in a plug there um, we were able to, you know, get nearly a hundred thousand uniques in just a couple months, um, and that's—I mean, I think that's a lot of traffic. But on top of that, it was just such such niche traffic, um, which was the important part. And uh, like a friend of mine's site that I'm helping with with now, you know, there's it's 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 very targeted, and. So it's not always the total traffic you're getting, but it's it's the um, the quality of the traffic you're getting, um, and so that's what that's what I think really worked well here. So this was effectively a directory sort of a system where you aggregated information that was around the web, put it into an organized format, and made it accessible to the users on your existing site, and of course to Google for search engine purposes. Uh, and the result was you boosted traffic through creating this directory, basically. Exactly. You put it, <laughs> you put it quite well, better than I did. But it's it's like with with a blog, for instance, you're putting out you know one to let's say if you're 
you know, churning out a bunch, like 10 blog posts a day, it takes a while to really get a lot of content out there. But through this method, it took us longer to launch it. Um, but we were, we were able to launch a site that had, uh, let's call it 500,000 indexed pages in like a month and a half. Yep. Um, so our, our long tail SEO was just ridiculous. Uh, I've seen this happen time and time again. There's actually a couple of techniques that I've seen this used. Uh, I did this myself with all Facebook. I built a system which indexed every Facebook application and every Facebook page. And so I had created content pages for each of them uh, on all Facebook under subdomains, which unfortunately I didn't like because had they gone to the parent domain, it would have been even better. But I would say that at that time out of, you know, let's say 400,000 people a month at that point, uh, easily 25% of them at a minimum 20% or uh, were showing up to the site as a result of those individual landing pages, right? Information such as, you know, charts showing you how fast Facebook fans were growing or how fast the Facebook apps were growing. Uh, and I've seen this also implemented on sites like Huffington Post, who does it in ways which I think are uh, kind of dirty, uh, where they basically crawl a bunch of other sites. Business Insider is known for this as well, where they automatically crawl a bunch of RSS feeds and create landing pages for each of those blog posts uh, with uh, shortened versions of the content. Although nowadays, I think Google is starting to cut down on that as they notice uh, for duplicate content. And uh, in theory, and, and in theory, <laughs> yeah. But I've heard of a lot of people implement that type of system, and it just it hits the bottom line. And one of the most impressive things is is you don't even need to expose a lot of that information to the user coming to the site. In my case, you know, the Facebook page stats were an added value to uh, the main, to the user who was coming there every day. Uh, so it was just an add-on. I don't know if that was the case with, uh, with sign now or not. No, I mean, we exposed, we exposed all the information. Um, I, I think, and it sounds like what you did and what you mentioned before, it's, it's presenting it in a way that people, you can't just throw up a junk site, you know, it has to be a good looking site where people are actually getting value from it and then hopefully sharing and linking to, et cetera. But uh, it was really, it's also taking advantage of, granted this has been around a while for a while now, but like the semantic markup and, and making sure that the site structure and everything is, is done properly. I mean, that's, that's how you're really going to, I think, grow your site, especially from an SEO point of view, um, quickly. Yeah, you're saying add value to the uh, to the end user, right? Uh, which, <laughs> which is shocking. Is, yeah, shocking that it needs to be said, but yes. All right, so that's awesome. So I think what we got here was three pretty awesome takeaways uh, from this conversation. Uh, one was using Twitter beta ads, or well, Twitter ads. At your point, yeah, it was beta, full out of beta, but yeah, event event advertising. Yep, event advertising. The second was using Qualaroo mobile pop-ups is a great way for uh, user acquisition or email list building uh, for, for your mobile optimized site. And the third was the power of content directories, how big of an impact they can have on your search engine traffic. And I'm not sure if you actually said what the impact was that that directory had. 
Well, it was, so I mean, we basically were getting everybody to the site, which I mentioned it was nearly 100,000 uniques a month. And then from there, we would drive people to, to the notary site. And basically that notary site had zero traffic and zero awareness before. Um, so pretty much from zero to nearly 100,000 in like three months, which was pretty awesome. That's killer. From zero to hero. <laughs> Something like that. Awesome. So is there any, uh, now that we've gone through the three case studies, we've learned a little bit about you. Is there anything else that you'd like to say in terms of, you know, maybe one, any other takeaways that you have from, from your marketing experience or uh, any advice that you'd impart on someone who's building a website, they're trying to drive more traffic to it. Is there any other sort of no-brainer, you got to do this, uh, or any other advice that you'd like to let people know? Um, yeah, if anybody tells you that it's no-brainer advice, which I guess I'm doing now, then it's don't listen to them. <laughs> I mean, in online marketing, things are always changing. So I think finding some sites that do things really well uh, like for instance on Qualaroo they use you know they eat their own dog food they use Qualaroo so it's in like you know Sean and, and their their other head of marketing Morgan Brown are like leading that they're extremely smart people so you can get a lot of ideas to see like what they're doing on their site or you look at uh, Kiss Metrics or Crazy Egg uh, and you see what Heaton Shaw Neil Patel and, and a lot of uh, a lot of their coworkers are doing. You know, those are some like the brightest minds in marketing, in my opinion. And and it's just you can really get some good ideas that way. Uh, and then from there, just be creative and like figure out how you you think you can apply that or a handful of different ideas, blend them together that um, really you know fit your fit your niche or fit your product. So you're saying mimic the masters. <laughs> exactly. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today, Casey. Yeah. Thank you, sir. And if, any, if anybody has any questions, you know, hit me up at C, uh, KCA on Twitter or uh, just, you know, throw some questions in the comments and um, I'll see if I can help you out. Excellent. Listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. And I look forward to seeing you next week. 